It can be possible. Sometimes I was talking about um, this with Taha the other day. It was just like such a profound conversation. He's going to be come on here on the platform soon. And his perspective on the practice is so deep. Um, I highly recommend taking his classes that are already up here, connecting with him. We were talking about how sometimes this feeling and everyone experiences this in some aspect of their lives, if not all aspects of their lives, of feeling like, oh, I don't need to do that. What am I doing this for? Right? Sort of the existential angst that is indeed the circumstance of us being human. But then you sit and close your eyes. And you feel the energy felt sense experience that interception of what it is to be in this body in this portal from which you get to view the universe we touch in on that largeness that mystery of beingness even just with three breaths and something softens something softens And so as you pause here, welcoming yourself into this moment, and go inside your heart space. Feeling what it feels like right at the like core and center of your heart. And we can only feel what we can feel, what we have the capacity for in the moment. And so we're not striving or admonishing ourselves in any way. We're just feeling what we can feel here. hot or cold? Does it feel busy in there or quiet? Is there an ache? Is there an openness? Sometimes just from the inquiry, from the aspiration to be present through the felt sense of the body, we can feel that softness at our edges. Let's take three breaths together, so inhaling. 
and exhaling. And breathing in. And breathing out. One more, stay with this breath. Stay there, just holding yourself. Here, drop your hands and let your chin and open your eyes. Mm. So, I'm gonna grab my notes here. Um, one of the core sort of um, knowings, right, that we have from the practices of yoga and mindfulness and meditation is that we are when we begin our practice, right, that we're setting an aspiration for presence. Um, and essentially the call, like why, so coming, we're coming back to that, what Taha and I were talking about, right? Like, are you still into yoga? Are you still into yoga? Are you still into meditation? Um, and the answer is yes, very much so. <laughs> And it's good to examine that, right? The why are we here? What are we doing? How does this change our lives? How does it make our lives more joyful and fluid and soft, right? Um, instead of that rigid and um, sort of graspy kind of feeling that can happen when we're not in our practice. And so when we come to the mat, when we come to sit for meditation, right? The, um, I don't really like the word goal because I think that it then seems one of the things that can happen is if we're seeking, right, to have a particular experience, then it takes us out of what is actually happening, what is up for us for the day, right? And so it's more of an aspiration or intention to move through the day with an open-hearted presence. Um, and that, oh my gosh, just think about those words. I'd like to move through the day with an open-hearted presence and how much freedom, right, and love that that makes room for. It's gorgeous. Um, my son and I were lying in bed. I'm sure he's stoked. I'm talking about him right now, but we have a ritual at night that I've spoken of before, and it helps us to sort of go over our days and connect with one another at the end of the day and we go into um, my bed and we read and we snuggle and then at some point one of us says let's do our gratefuls he's always called them the gratefuls and both of us scan through the day and you know try and mark moments and bring our attention and our awareness right our loving awareness to the moments that um, where we felt that sense of open-hearted presence. And what this sets up for both of us, like the miracle of it, is that we get to move through our days then looking for those moments where we were fully there, right? Um, and that night in particular, my daughter had called from college. She's in Vermont, and her, um, I think it was opening day here at Free Love, and so it had been this day of like, <laughs> and her... Um, dear friend Eli was there 
and I heard them singing in the background. And so Veda said, hey, do a little performance for my mom. And Eli was very generous and played this beautiful Frank Ocean song for me on the guitar and sang over the phone. And I had that sense um, after a day of being very sort of dissociated and having so much to do of landing, right? And you know this feeling, I know all of you do because it is tends to feel so heart opening, you know, and it, I had some tears in my eyes and um, before Veda took me off speaker, I said to them, um, Eli, thank you so much. I feel like this was such a gift. I landed back in my body and it brought tears to my eyes, right? Because there was, uh, there's always this aspiration, right? For us to land fully in presence with that open heart. But stuff takes us out all day long, you know? That's what this human life is about. The remembering and the forgetting and the remembering again. That's what it's about. Um, And so that night, I was telling Ursa about this, and then he said the most beautiful thing that I wanted to share with you guys. He said, I'm so happy right now, Mom. I'm so happy. Um, And it's just from, like, laying here and reading and being fully with each other. Right, giving ourselves in each other the gift of full presence. And he said, we have it's so funny because we have the TV and the iPad and the computer and our all of the stuff that we have, and yet like when we're happiest, when we're most content, right? I would even add because happy can get confusing, as when we're able to be fully in our bodies and in the moment and present. Um And so I invite you as we practice today to remember that. (laughs) And I have a little something to read to you from um, uh, a teacher, a yoga teacher. Um, I'll show you the book. My teacher, Menorma, um, visited his home, his sister, last year. And his sister was um, so sweet and let them come in. But he writes, when the mind is kept away from its preoccupations, it becomes quiet. If you do not disturb this quiet and stay in it, you find that it is permeated with a light and a love you have never known. And you recognize it at once as your own nature. Once you have passed through this experience, you will never be the same person again. The unruly mind may break its peace and obliterate its vision but it is bound to return, provided the effort is sustained until the day when all bonds are broken, delusions and attachments end, and life becomes supremely concentrated in the presence. What difference does it make? This is a question from a student. What difference does it make, right? And that's that question that Taha and I were discussing, you know, um, because we're on the edge of something new and that's when we we question ourselves, like in the transitions when it's um, not what it once was, but not yet what it's going to be. Those are the moments when these big existential questions come to happen. And if we turn away from them, we don't get the opportunity then um, to be fully engaged with what's happening, right? If we're like, oh, I shouldn't have questions, you know, plenty of us were brought up in churches who told us that that was the way it was supposed to be, right? But I find in turning toward and asking the questions like the student 
is um, doing, that then what arises is so much deeper, right, than what came before, and oftentimes so much simpler. So the student asks after this beautiful um, teaching, what difference does it make? The mind is no more. There is only love in action. How shall I recognize this state when I reach it? And Maharaji says, there will be no fear. There will be no fear. Oh, just brings tears to my eyes. Um, okay. Okay.